and on momentum. Momentum, I think, if my memory serves me properly, it's about the fifth or the sixth message uh, that we are now doing on this momentum, and I just pray that it's something that's getting in your spirit. I just, uh, uh, I'm going to try to finish it tonight. Mark chapter 5, verse 25 and 26, uh, is the story of a woman that many people uh, have read about. I have spoken about it. It's been in my heart. It's been in my spirit seemingly a lot this year, and uh, it's just the Word of God. How many know it's inexhaustible? And uh, just uh, God can continue to show you things. And when I begin to consider momentum and how it begins to work, uh, my mind uh, in the last couple of weeks goes back to this lady with the issue of blood. In verse 25, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, it says, And a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She suffered many things of many physicians. And she spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. She grew worse. We've been talking about this momentum and how it can have work for you or it can work against you. Uh, It seems uh, somehow that America has developed this mindset that, that you're not responsible for your own actions. Neither should you be accountable or, or have consequences for your own actions. That somehow at the end of the day that we're all supposed to have likeness and all be uh, treated the same, get all the end results are the same, no matter if you work or you don't work, no matter if you apply yourself or don't apply yourself. Uh, It seems as though that somehow we have got this concept or this mindset or mentality that everybody is supposed to get the same results at the end of the day. Uh, But I want to tell you today that we today, uh, that life is not fair. Life is not fair. Uh, just because uh, you do something that somebody else does not, doesn't even mean you're going to get the end results. Amen? But at some point in your life, you have to put your big boy britches on. And you have to take responsibility for yourself. Amen? It, it wasn't because your mama didn't change your diaper in time. It wasn't because you didn't, was born on the wrong side of the tracks. It wasn't because this, that, but I have responsibility. Yes, I know that upbringing and de- develops us and, and where we live and the environment that we are in has a lot to do with our mindset and how we think about a thing. But at the end of the day, it is me that has to take accountability and responsibility for myself. Amen. My actions. I cannot, I cannot stand before God for your actions and neither will you stand there for me, but it is me that has to be accountable. And we can't control what life brings our way. It's not fair. If we could control life, uh, it would be sunny every day. Bluebirds would wake us up, Right? And we would be hearing the song of, of, of and, and shouting and rejoicing every single day of our life because that's a good life. But how many know it's not that way? Uh, you can get up to the sound of bluebirds, but before you go to bed, hear the sounds of hell. Uh, you can go through times of difficulty. One phone call can change your whole f- feeling. One phone call can change your entire life. Amen. And so we have to understand this, that life is not fair and we cannot control life, but we can have a life of victory. I said we can have a life of victory. No matter what life throws at us, we can have victory over the situation and the circumstances in my life. But it is the choices and decisions that I make that determine my tomorrow. Amen. There is no indication that this woman uh, that had this issue of blood was bitter, nor was she angry 
at the doctors for not being able to help her. Amen. She was sick and the Bible said she had spent all that she had. Right? And on this one issue that she's dealing with in her life has drained everything out of her. Not, it wasn't multiple issues like we talked about the other Wednesday night, but this one issue that she's dealing with has drained her of everything, her, her resources, her everything that she has. The Bible said that she spent all upon this one issue. And we see that negative momentum is against her. She did not get this way overnight. The Bible says, and she grew worse. That tells me that her momentum was going in the wrong direction. Amen. She was growing worse every single day. There, the momentum that was in her life was pushing her backward instead of going forward. And you see, all of us have blind spots, things that can be easily seen by others. But, but to ourselves, we do not see that thing. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we look at another person and we say, why don't they fix that right there? But when we look in the mirror, we can't see that thing that's so obvious in our own life. That one thing that we need to deal with, that one thing that sticks out to everybody else, but we cannot see that one thing. Amen. We look at others and say, if they they would just fix that, they would go in the right direction. But I want to tell you, there are some things in life that can just one thing drain you. One thing will pull you down. That one thing, you conquer many other things, but that one thing in your life, you're still, uh, is draining you. You're spending all of your energy. Your momentum is now going in the wrong direction. And the Bible said that she grew worse day by day. Amen. You see, because of the culture that we have developed for ourselves, when we get down, the momentum is against us. We have this tendency to give up. We have a tendency to let the negative momentum steamroll over us and over our lives and defeat us. And we begin to take on the victim mentality. Come on. Amen. The victim mentality that says, if I had had this chance, if I had that, but, but everybody's against me and everything is against me. And, and, and if, if I was able to do this, life would be better. But you see, this woman had some tenacity about her. This woman had been down. She had spent everything that she had. Momentum was going against her. And the scripture said she was growing worse every day, but she makes a choice choice in her life, not to take on the victim mentality, not to get a bitter spirit, but she chose to say that I am going to make a difference today. Amen. She never, she chose not to play the why game. Why me? Why did God let this happen to me? Why am I so sick? Why can't doctors heal me? Why have I lost all of my... She chose not to take that victim mentality, but she said within herself. Amen. She said within herself, no one else can help me, but I've got to do something. I've got the spirit inside of me has to get up. Amen. If I continue to allow this thing to steamroll, it's going to roll over my life and I'm going to die a bitter, angry person. Amen. Can I tell you that what I believe that will, uh, whenever I look at my life, God tarries that long. What my, one of my greatest goals is, it's not what's some people may think it is to, to have all this, that, and other. My greatest goal is to die a happy old man. Amen. Not let nobody take my joy. Don't let anybody make me bitter. Amen. Bitter people die by themselves. Bitter people, amen, lose out on life and people won't even come visit them. Whenever if I, God helps me and I ain't able to get out, I want somebody to come and visit me every once in a while, right? I want to still have friends. How many know that when you're having trouble and you're having difficulty, it's only real friends that still hang out. 
It's only real friends that still help. And Jesus said, I'll stick closer than a brother. Amen. She said in her to herself, I don't want to live the rest of my life this way. She said to herself, if tomorrow is going to be different than today, then I'm going to have to do something different today. She said to herself, everything is being thrown against me. But she had this thought, praise God, that she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. Amen. Everything begins with a thought. A professional ball player, if you ask, how many have ever watched them interview a professional ball player and how many times do they say, this is all I ever dreamed of doing? Amen. This is the thing that I dreamed of as a little boy. Michael Jordan, right? Couldn't even make the high school basketball team. But he didn't lose his dream. He kept on and now he's known as one of the greatest basketball players that ever played the game. Why? Because he had that thought, he had that dream, and he would not let it go. Amen. Successful business people have a dream. Amen. You don't just happen up on something. God's grace and his favor can be upon you. But if you've got to have a vision of where you're going, you've got to see where you're going to. And if you can see it and if you can believe it, then God will give you the power and the grace to accomplish a thing. Amen. But if you see yourself, yeah, give him praise. We talked Sunday morning about this man, Gideon, who seen himself as less than. We talked about him that he thought his family had been slighted, right? That he was, he was of the least of the least of the tribe and he was the least of his father's house. He thought that his daddy was second class. He thought he didn't deserve better than what he had. He thought that he was a loser. And the Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Amen. But God found him and pushed on him until it changed his way of thinking. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad that God don't stop pushing on me. I said, I'm glad he don't stop pushing on me. Amen. But he just keeps on pushing and keeps on pushing and keeps on pushing on me. Amen. To cause me to come out of that area of my life, that situation of my life that will hinder me from becoming everything that God wants me to be. And so therefore I I say, yes, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. But thank God he pushes on us to push us out of negative thinking, push us out of negative actions, pushes us out of the direction that's going to cause the momentum to go in a negative way and causes us to rise to the occasion where that we can shift the momentum and see the blessing of God and not the defeat of the enemy. Amen. God had to get Gideon to understand that the number of people against him was not his problem. That wasn't what was stopping him from having success in life. Gideon thought that if he had enough people, and this is where we stopped Sunday morning, if he had enough people with him that he could win against the Midians, Midianites, right? But you see, I don't, it, it don't matter if it's the Midianites or the termites. If your mindset is I'm defeated, then you're going to be defeated. It wasn't that there was so many Midianites that was stopping him. He calls all the tribes of Israel together and says, I need your help. And he brings all of Israel's tribes together. And the best that he could do is get 32,000 of them. And he was still outnumbered 135,000 to 32,000. Now, I'm never real good with mathematics, but I I concluded that the odds are about four to one right now. Right? And God says, if I let you win with that number of people, you're going to turn and say the momentum was turned because I had people on my side. And so he said, I tell you what you've got to do. You've got to go and and tell all of those who are fearful to go home. 
How many know fear is a negative momentum? Fear is negative. Faith is positive. Amen. And he tells them, he says, all right, guys, everybody who is fearful, go home. And when he did that, 22,000 of them turned around and said, that's all I needed to hear. And I can see old Gideon saying, wait a minute, boys, you misunderstood what I just said. <laughs> I said, if you're afraid, go home. <laughs> but 22,000 of them went back to the house. Because fear was in their heart. God knew something that Gideon didn't. That you can do more with 22,000 less fearful people than you can to have 22,000 on your side full of fear and don't believe in the vision. Don't believe in the dream. Don't believe in the purpose. And so now two-thirds of the church leaves. Amen. And he says, wait a minute, you didn't understand. But yes, they understood their hearts were not directed in the same direction. They didn't believe what Gideon was about to do. And now 10,000 remains and God tells them to take them down to the water and to watch them. You walking with me? Watch them and let those go who are down uh, there only concerned about themselves. He said, those who get down there and start lapping up the water out of the, uh, out of the pond or out of the lake, he said, you let them go. Why? Because they're only concerned about their self. First of all, they are not concerned about protecting their brother. They're not concerned about, they're not looking on. They're just concerned about themselves, getting their selves full, getting their selves taken care of. Second of all, they were so consumed with their self because when you look in the water, what do you see? You see yourself. Come on. And whenever people are full of their self, they can't build positive momentum. When people are full of their self, amen, John said, help me to decrease that you might increase. Amen. In fact, he said it, that God help you to increase that I might decrease because that is the call. If you do, God doesn't ever get big, you'll never be willing to decrease. As long as God is not large and in charge, then you will always want to be in charge. But whenever you see him high and lifted up and his train filling the temple, when you see him in power and authority, when you see him as your healer, your provider, your source of strength and ever present help in the time of trouble, you can be like John and say, yeah, I've seen him high and lifted up and I want to decrease because he is great and he is mighty. And when you do that, momentum is going to start building in your life and faith will begin to rise in your heart and you will say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. 10,000 remain. God tells them, let them go down to the water, drink water. Those who get down there and start looking at the ref their own reflection, concerned about fulfilling themselves, he said, let them go back home. But he said, those ones who lap out of their hands like a dog, those who have humbled themselves, those who are not concerned about the, their, only themselves, but they're picking the water up and they're looking around and they're protecting them, got their brothers back. They got their, their other people concerned and, and well-being in mind. He said, those are the ones that you need, Judah. Those are the ones that you need to go to battle. You see, we've got to have a something inside of us like a Caleb spirit. Caleb means dog. Amen. And he said, those who are lapping like a dog, you've got to have a mentality and a spirit inside of you that says, I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be run over by the enemy. But there is a fight inside of me called faith that rises up and dares to believe the possible that we can do the supernatural that whenever everything else fell there is still God who is the author and the finisher of our faith and he will some way and somehow make a way for me hallelujah amen and so now he has 300 men left fighting against 135,000 men 
the odds are now 400 to 1. It was then that God was going to teach Gideon how to change the momentum in his life. And he said, Gideon, it isn't about the amount of people that you have with you. It's about what you are saying to yourself. Amen. He teaches him it does not matter if you had 135,000 or if you have 3,000 or 300. He said what really matters is this. What have you been saying to yourself, Gideon? What do you have in your heart? Because you see, you can have 135,000 people with you. But if you don't believe the word of the Lord, if you don't believe the promise of God, you'll still somehow be defeated. Amen. But the moment that you begin to speak to yourself and begin to declare what God has said into your life, amen, faith is going to rise and your faith is now got a substance of things to hope for. And you believe that you can do what God said you can do and you can be what God said you can be. And even though the circumstances of life may be saying differently, you've got faith on the inside of you that reaches out and grabs hold of a hope of tomorrow. And that faith and that hope mixed together is going to take you to a place and that momentum is going to begin to build and you're going to believe the word of God. You're going to believe the report of the Lord. You're going to believe what God has said to you in times of prayer. And even though the circumstances around you, even though you may be outnumbered 400 to one you know the word of God is truth and the word of God will not fail heaven and earth went pass away but the word of God will remain hallelujah his word is he watches over it and hastens to perform it and so no matter what is going on in your life you speak the word of God amen he said I've got to, I'm going to teach you something here Gideon no matter how many is against you. It's not about how many is against you. It's about what you're saying to yourself. God knew Gideon was a mighty man of valor, but Gideon didn't believe it. He believed that he was of the tribe of Manasseh, so therefore he was the least of the least of the least. And he believed that he was never going to have anything better. And so he was out there hiding his fruitfulness, trying to make it for another day from his enemy. When God called him. And he said, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon responded and said, you got the wrong address. Has God ever asked you to do something you didn't think you was qualified to do? You weren't capable of. You didn't ask for it. I know some people tell you God won't never ask you to do anything that you can't do. They ain't read the Bible. Kevin, he told a man who had a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. He told a man who was blind to make his way over to a pool and wash his eyes. How is he going to do that? He's blind. He requires faith. He told a man who was crippled for 38 years, take up your bed. And walk. <laughs> you hearing me? He requires you to do something that he knows you don't have the potential or ability to do within yourself. So that when you do it, you will be able to say, to God be the glory for the great things that he has done in my life. Amen. God has asked me over and over times in my life to do things that neither I asked for, neither was I felt like I was adequate to do. Amen. But by when I would take that step of faith, I would always know that I'd say, oh, God, I ain't ready for this yet. I, it ain't my time yet. I, I don't want to do this. But when I take that step of faith, 
I would feel a fresh anointing. I would feel another strength that would come upon me to be able to do what I knew I could not do myself. Amen. And I was reminded of the scripture whenever the Bible said that the man of God would go out and he knew that he would not be able to slay the lion. But the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. Amen. When did the spirit of the Lord come upon him? When he grabbed hold of the lion, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Amen. God doesn't waste his anointing on people that aren't going to do anything. But if you'll stretch forth your hand, (laughs) if you'll dare to believe him, if you'll put yourself in a place of a faith walk to say, God, I'm daring to trust you. I'm daring to believe you. When you lay hands upon that sick person and believe God that they will be healed. Amen. When you pray and you believe God, amen, that you will receive that job, that you will, that need will be met. And you know you don't have the ability, but by faith you declare it as we talked about Sunday morning. Amen. You speak largely, you declare it and you believe God to bring it to pass. Why? Because it's not my name on the line, but it's his name on the line. Amen. And his name will never be defeated. His name, he'll never let it go down. He told Jeremiah, if you're brave enough to speak it, Jeremiah, I'm big enough to back it up. I'll make sure your words do not fall to the ground. Hallelujah. I'm telling you tonight that we've got to believe God. We've got to enlarge our vision. We've got to dream bigger dreams. We've got to pray bolder prayers and say, God, I'm daring to believe you to do the miraculous. I'm daring you to believe the supernatural. I'm daring you to believe you that you can do all things. And so God, I'm making myself available. I'm making myself as an instrument to be used in your hands. If you need conduit, I'm conduit. If you need hands, I'm hands. If you need feet, I'm feet. If you need a voice, I'm a voice. Whatever you need, God, to get the job done, just let me be a part of what you're doing in the earth, not a small thing, but the kingdom of God being imposed upon the earth and take it by force and declare that we're not going to sit idly by rising out in a secret rapture. But when we leave, we're leaving in power. We're leaving in dominion. We're leaving in authority. And the world is going to know that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Hallelujah. See, we, we start believing what God said about, Gideon started believing what he said about him with 300 men and a praise. 300 men and a praise. Outnumbered 400 to one. Darren, me and you pretty good size, buddy, but I ain't going to try that. That's, that, that would cause, you know, we, we on this side of it, we can look at it and say, look at there, you know, ain't that cute. But how many in Gideon's place, your knees would have been kind of knocking together. Huh? 135,000 of them lined up every way you looked, there was an enemy. And you looked and said, boys, and, and you had a little choir. Huh? <laughs> but how many know... 300 men's praise is stronger than 132,000 coming against them. Amen. You know the story. They go out there with a, the vessel. They go out there with a praise. They go out there with a lantern and praise God the pot. And whenever those three men, hundred men go out there, they break the pot and the, they break their praise open. They begin to confess. Amen. And when they begin to confess the goodness of God, when they begin to confess how great God is and how powerful that he is, the Bible said, amen, that they be, the confusion came on their enemy and they killed one another. You know what's wrong with us? We're allowing the fear, the momentum of negative fear to bind us up and push us back. Amen. I've been preaching now for 30 years and I've never seen the church so quiet as it is today. Amen. Used to be you could at least get a praise in the house. 
They may not be outside shouting glory, hallelujah, but at least you could get somebody to praise him on the house of God. But how many know even today in the church, people have shut up their praise. They remain silent because they're afraid that they may leave the house of God and the enemy find them. But if the enemy is going to find me, baby, he's going to find me with the praise in my mouth. If he finds me on the battlefield, he's going to find me with my hands lifted toward heaven and saying, I know that I cannot win this battle myself, but the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. And so I know that I cannot fight and win this battle. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise him. And in the midst of my praise, as I praise him, God is going to fight for me. Glory to God. And those 300 men begin to break open their vessels, begin to pour out their praise to God. And when they opened up their mouth, when they began to bless him, mass confusion fell on 132,000 of them. And they were all wiped out. They thought, can I tell you that whenever you begin the midst of chaos, you're in the midst of trouble and yet you will bless the Lord. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. You see, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. But when you make up your mind, my praise really is powerful. My praise is positive momentum. And I refuse to bicker. I refuse to complain. I refuse to live in doubt and allow negative momentum to rise up in me. But yet I will bless the Lord. And when you begin to praise him and begin to bless him that momentum is going to shift and God's going to give you the glory and it's going to confuse your enemy what's the devil going to do with somebody crazy enough to praise God in the midst of sickness What's he going to do with somebody crazy enough and believes God's word enough that in the midst of all this trouble, they say, I'm still going to bless the Lord. Amen. You see, this generation today, we, we're so soft in the American church. Amen. We're so soft that we, we can't go through anything. Anything will cause us to give up on God. But I want to tell you that this isn't for the weak. It's not for the faint at heart. But we've got to learn how to praise him even in difficult times. We've got to learn how to praise him when sorrow is all around. We've got to have a praise in our heart when trouble and turmoil has come. When when we've got more bills and we got money, when sickness comes knocking at our door, we need to look the devil in the eye and say, devil, I'm still going to praise God. I'm not going to take this negative momentum, but I'm going to praise him, give him glory, give him honor. And when we do, it'll build a positive momentum that will destroy the yoke and remove the burden and victory and hope will come to your life. Amen. Amen. One of my favorite psalmists is Clint Brown. Not Clint Black. Clint Brown. I heard, what did I tell you, about three weeks ago? It was on August the 2nd that he had a brain tumor. It was, he was having his worship conference. He had a brain tumor uh, immediately following that on a Tuesday. And they, they told him, said he went in for treatments. They said, we got to get on this quick. He went on for the treatments and, and they told him on a Friday said that we, this thing is not responding the way that it's supposed to be. Instead of it getting smaller, it is getting larger and uh, we're going to uh, do even more extreme uh, process on you and come in on Monday. We're going to take an, an, another um, test, ultrasound, I believe, take another test of this, and we're going to see what's going on. And they took that test on Monday to see where it was at, how large it was, and they called him on Tuesday to tell him uh, what the results of that was. And they said, we want you to come in. Now, this is August the 2nd. This was... Uh, Yesterday, seen it on his webcast. 
yesterday he gave this testimony. So August the 2nd, they said, you got a brain tumor. On last Monday, they told him this thing's not responding. It's getting larger instead of smaller. Bring it, come in on Monday. We're going to give you do this other ultrasound. And then he called him back on yesterday morning, and he went in, and they said, uh, usually when he gets there, that they're ready there waiting on him to give him the procedure that they're going to give him. He said nobody was ready for him. And he said the doctor comes in, and he said, we can't figure this out. He said, we don't know what medicine worked. He said, what do you mean? He said... Well, he showed him the, where the tumor was, then where it was getting larger. He said that was on Friday. But he said, we took this one yesterday, and he put it up on the screen, and there was no tumor. <laughs> he said, I told that doctor, I can tell you what worked. <laughs> he said, I told the devil, if you ever mess with me again... Amen. That's the kind of God we're serving. I said, that's the kind of God that we're serving. And we can trust in him today. Clint Brown said, I told him it was my praise that worked. Because he said, I never quit preaching. I never quit praising. I never quit blessing God because I knew that the enemy was at work, but it was my praise that would give me the victory. I want to tell you tonight that there's the momentum that will shift in your favor when you will go to praising and worshiping God. Amen. Now look at this. The Bible said they changed his name from Jez- uh, Jeroboam, uh, Jerubbabel. There we go. Jerubbabel to Gideon. Amen. Gideon means destroyer, mighty warrior, means tormentor, and antagonizer. Amen. Jerubbabel was hiding out, trying to hold on to a little bit of something. Are you with me? To try to get away from his enemy and live another day. When God called him and said, hey, mighty man of valor. Come up out of there. Your momentum has been against you, but I want you to shift. I want you to change. And they changed his name. What did they change it to? He said, you're a destroyer. You're a mighty warrior. You're a tormentor. You're an antagonizer. Amen. And when you start believing you are who God said you are, the momentum in your life is going to change in your favor and you will break the pot. You will break the vessel and begin to praise him. Amen. Your praise will torment your enemy. Your praise will antagonize your enemy. Amen. Because he's not used to people praising God when they get a bad report. He's not used to people still going to church whenever the economy is dropped out of their life. He's not used to people praising God even though things are bad in their home and relationships are difficult. But yet I will praise the Lord. Yet I will bless his name. Yet I will glorify him. Amen. It is your strong praise that will antagonize your enemy. I said it's your strong praise. It's not a weak praise because people that don't know who they are don't believe that God can do what they say that he can do. They will not praise God strong. They don't believe they deserve to be blessed. Amen. And their praise is weak. Amen. Granddad used to, my, my grandma and grandpa lived with us, and, and whenever the Friday night fights were on, we'd watch the Friday night fights together. And I liked old Muhammad Ali. I know he's a Muslim, but I liked him. Because there wasn't a sissy bone in him. Right? Anybody remember that? He'd look him right in the eye, stare him down. He said, I'm going to get on you like ugly on an ape. And your mama ain't going to know who you are when I'm done with you. It didn't matter if they were 16 and 0. He'd look them right in the eyes and tell them, I'm the champion of the world. I'm the greatest. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Amen. I seen some fighters they got on there the uh, been about maybe a year or so ago. I watched some. I hadn't seen any in a while. And I said, I'll sit here and watch this fight. And I, I watched them and they was wimps. They interviewed him, and they one said, "Well, he said, I don't know if I'm gonna win or not. You know, he's he's 16 and two, and and you know, and this other one said, well, you know, he's a pretty good fighter.'" And I said, "Oh, shut up! 
just turned it over and watched gun smoke. But how many know when you've got faith? Come on. When you've got faith, when you believe, you can speak bold. Amen. Now, Muhammad Ali had confidence in himself, but we ought to have confidence in the God that we serve. Amen. That says that we know that we aren't able to do it ourselves, but the God in us is mighty. The God in us is strong. The God in us greater is he that is in us than the world that has come against us. There's no way today that I'm going to win this, lose this battle because God is for me. The Holy Ghost is in me. Angels are all around me. I can't lose this battle because God is on my side. Hallelujah. And we begin with bold praise to praise him. We begin to declare that he is God and nobody else. We begin to say, yes, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I'm able to ask or even think according to the power that is now working within me. Oh, I wish somebody would give him a praise here tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him tonight. Yes, God, we believe you tonight. We believe you tonight, God. Hallelujah. 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 God, we believe you tonight. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or even think. We believe you that our bold praise will turn the momentum in our favor. We believe tonight that you'll shift inside of us and we will have the victory in the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it looks like you're picking up momentum. Amen. Before the fight ever gets started, they would speak a bold proclamation. They would declare victory before the first swing was ever, or first punch was ever drawn. Why? Because they believed in themselves. I'm going to tell you today that you have to believe in the God that you're serving. And when there's a shift on the inside of you, the momentum will shift and you will have a bold praise that will confuse your enemy. Amen. And that momentum will begin to form out of your praise. And that momentum will propel you into victory in your life. Hallelujah. When you know who you are in Christ Jesus... You won't back down from the enemy. People around you will know that the enemy will know that the God inside of you is greater than all of the trouble that you're up against. Because Gideon, it's not about the number that is against you. It's about what you've been saying to yourself. And I want you to get up out of here and I'm going to change your name to Gideon. And I want you to start being an antagonizer. You ever seen kids antagonize one another? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Tell them don't do that. Going down the road and you look in the mirror and antagonizing, daring the other one to do something so they can say, Daddy, they did it again. That's the way we need to be spiritually. When the devil gives us a bad report and starts speaking negative, just stick out your spiritual tongues. Nah, 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 nah. Greater is he that is in me than anything you can throw against me. Amen. When that bad doctor's report comes, just say, no, 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 no. He's already my healer. By his stripes, I'm already healed. Amen. Whenever that negative report comes about those relationships, tell him, hey, uh uh-uh, because the Holy Ghost is in me. The Spirit of God is for me. Amen. And he is the healer of the broken spirit. Amen. 
Hallelujah. And we began to boldly proclaim that our God is God. Now, the negative person will say, well, now what a pastor if I make a bold proclamation and it don't happen? Well, what if it does? I'd rather look like a fool making a bold proclamation than to allow the devil to beat me down every day that I live. I'd rather look foolish in the sight of men and declare that my God is El Elyon, the most high God, and there's nothing impossible with him than to remain silent and allow my enemy to silence me, shut up my praise and defeat me and steamroll me every day of my life. The devil is a liar. Amen. If he takes me out, he's going to have to come through the blood of Jesus. If he takes me out, he's going to have to overcome my praise. If he takes me out, he's going to have to, praise God, fight all of heaven, the Holy Ghost of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they're all on my side. And together we're going to win. I said together we're going to win. The next few weeks, God helps me. I want to talk to you about things that will stop the flow of God in your life. But tonight, we're going to practice our praise. Tonight, we're going to practice a bold proclamation. What is a bold proclamation? Well, that's up to you. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what the circumstance that the enemy's brought against you to make you feel less than. I don't know what you're facing. And so, you know, it doesn't do no good to put bars on your windows if the thief is a car thief. Are you with me? And so I don't know what what you're dealing with tonight. But what I want to challenge you in is this. Make a bold proclamation concerning that in which the enemy has been trying to steal from you. Been trying to silence you in. That area that he tries to make you feel that you're not worthy, you're inadequate, you're insufficient, you'll never have it. In that place, I want you to make a proclamation according to God's word concerning that situation and declare to your enemy tonight that God is well able and I will possess the land. Stand with me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I want us just to pray for a moment. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. I want you just to think about the thing that you most need victory in the area where momentum may be negative in your life. And I want you to get it in your mind. I want you to get it in your spirit. I want you to begin to think not on the negative, but I want you to think on the positive in that area. I want you to begin to think about the scripture. I want you to begin to think about the word of God concerning that situation. Amen. And and we're going to release a praise concerning that. Glory to God. Father, I just pray tonight for these wonderful group of people, God, that you've entrusted to come into the tabernacle. God, I thank you for their lives. I thank you that they are mighty warriors. I thank you, God, that each and every one of them, potential and purpose and destiny is inside of them tonight. And I'm just asking you, God, that you, like you did Gideon, that you would call out of them, God. God, you've sent me here tonight to call out of them the greatness. Call out of them their purpose. Call out of them that destiny that you have ordained for them. And now, Spirit of God, I pray that you stir, hover over this place, God, and draw out of them. No matter what they've been through, no matter what they have faced, no matter what has been spoken to them or done against them. God, tonight I pray that you would raise them up and cause them to become spiritually conscious and aware. God, of the 
spirit of God, the anointing of God, the purpose of God for their life to rise up and to be more than a conqueror in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray tonight as we release our bold praise concerning that, that you will confuse the enemy, that you will drive out the enemy. And Lord, that not only will we have corporate victory, but we will have individual victory here tonight in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want you to be silent. I don't want you to be quiet, but I want you with boldness. Open up your mouth and begin to declare the praise and thank God for that area of victory in your life tonight. Come on. Just begin to thank Him for it. Begin to quote Scripture, whatever you can think of that God, the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. Just speak it forth now. Hallelujah. Declare it tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for it in the name of Jesus.